how did I feel? I felt like we had lost the war and we were being occupied by a foreign country and had no rights or benefits and couldn't do anything. So we knew then that we had to sit down and, you know, talk about, do some type of negotiation and mediation, and that's what happened. That's Shirley Lightsey, president of the Detroit Retired City Employees Association. It's a position that got her a seat at the negotiating table during the bankruptcy proceedings. She's one of about 20,000 city retirees affected by Detroit's bankruptcy. Lightsey worked for Detroit's Water and Sewerage Department for three decades. She says as an employee, she never doubted the security of the city's pension system. You were told that you were going to have a pension. They had the formula for the pension, which had been improved over the years. And uh, we expected to have our pension never to be diminished or impaired. But decades of Detroit's fiscal instability threatened that guarantee. According to court records, the city owed more than $3 billion toward pension funding when it filed for bankruptcy. That debt was part of the reason Detroit entered Chapter 9. Through the settlement, the city won't make substantial contributions to its pension systems for almost a decade. When it does, those payments could be even lower. For general service retirees like Lightsey, the settlement translated to a 5% reduction in each monthly pension check. Cost of living allowances also were eliminated. Detroit's police and fire departments have a separate pension system. After the bankruptcy, terms for those pensioners are different than for other city workers. Nothing was cut from police and fire pension checks, and they retained 45 percent of their cost of living allowances. But for both groups, reductions in health care benefits were staggering. Don Taylor is a retired police officer and president of the Retired Detroit Police and Firefighters Association. The, the biggest hit personally and, and to our members was on the, the loss of the health care. Police and fire don't participate in Social Security, so many of ours don't qualify for Medicare. Personally, I worked side jobs, so I did qualify for Medicare, but the additional cost that I assumed when the bankruptcy went into effect, I went from paying basically zero for health care premiums to roughly $950 a month. The city slashed its estimated $4.3 billion obligation for health care and other benefits by 90 percent. But in doing so, retirees were essentially left to fund their own health care plans. Retired Detroit firefighter John Tucker says thanks to his other personal investments, he's in a better position than some of his former co-workers. But he says he's still feeling the impact of the cuts. I, after 36 years, I thought my wife and myself would receive health care the rest of our life. It's gone now. Uh, public employees historically work for less hourly pay because they had better benefits and better promise of better pension and retirement. And now, uh, like I say, I was in the 10 years into retirement, and all of a sudden the uh, bankruptcy occurred, and we lost, mainly they lost the health care benefit. Similar to when two of Detroit's big three automakers reconfigured employee health care programs to save money, part of Detroit's financial restructuring included the formation of new committees responsible for managing retiree health care benefits. Shirley Lightsey is a member of the Voluntary Employee Beneficiary Association. It's a health care trust for general retirees. She says the fact that the Affordable Health Care Act was going into effect at the same time Detroit's bankruptcy was taking away retiree benefits made the new systems even more complicated. We have a very little amount of money for what we need, and we're trying to be very conservative and give 
the retirees the best that we can and not change things too much for them because they've had enough uncertainty in the last two years. Lightsey has been praised by city and state officials for her work in helping reach deals with pensioners. But at a meeting held in the basement of St. Matthew St. Joseph's Episcopal Church in Detroit, some retirees are critical of the settlement. Rudolph Marco says his rights were not adequately represented during the bankruptcy proceedings. People who were supposed to be our advocates, at the end of the day, they all sold us out for whatever uh, silver they got out of the deal. Um, and, and, you know, you feel abandoned, you feel lied to, you feel cheated. Retirees still disagree about the merits of the settlement, even now, a year after the case's resolution. Marco is a member of another retiree group. It's called the Detroit Active and Retired Employees Association. William Davis, a Detroit water and sewerage retiree, is the group's president. Principally, we're a group that have been and continue to be concerned about the Detroit bankruptcy, especially as it adversely affected our pensions, our annuity clawback, and the, the whole thing was just wrong. And it was, you know, as far as we're concerned, it was illegal. Davis says his group is continuing its fight in court. In September, a federal judge in Detroit threw out the latest appeal challenging the city's bankruptcy. Several other challenges have been unsuccessful. But Davis says he expected the rejection and is taking the case to the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. Because, you know, our constitutional rights was violated. You know, it's just wrong on so many levels. One year after the city's exit from the largest municipal bankruptcy in history, many Detroit retirees have moved on trading feelings of indignant confusion for the bittersweet hope that their financial sacrifices will go toward creating a better and more stable city. But there are still some retirees who refuse to see the bankruptcy as a thing of the past. Their work continues, whether in a courtroom or in the basement of a church in Detroit. I'm Anna Marie Seisling, WDET News.